Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sometimes the world looks like you ain't ever seen it before. Stuck behind never-ending windows. All you need is a door. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remember in unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride. Cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I am just getting off of my Rex Manning Day party. I've been celebrating all damn day, and I'm ready to uh, talk about it with you. I we got to we got to do say no more me amor oh my gosh mm-hmm. it was truly the longest day ever for these people <laughs> yeah this was one of those like one movie days mm-hmm. um allegedly it was supposed to be a two day movie day but they they cut out an entire day so that's a, a lot, lot of- to have to cut out Mm-hmm. I well think I of what these kids could have gotten up to in two days time honestly nothing good but like definitely that's- not that's confirmed <laughs> I think that we were supposed to get more backstory from the kids that we did get and a couple mm. of extra kids you know because this movie definitely needed more kids so every time another one showed up to work I was like there's another employee <laughs> well okay like in the Empire Records defense because you and I I I so I mean we'll say a little bit of our backgrounds with this movie but mm-hmm. um but <laughs> your reactions to each kid coming in it was pretty funny yeah yeah so uh for the record on empire records i've never seen this film before today i feel like it's it has if this makes sense it has like a very memorable like cover or poster or whatever and i want to say that i saw it a ton at like the video store when i was a Mm. kid it just like it sticks out to me as like i've seen that movie but i definitely hadn't ever 
Yeah, so this 1995 movie is definitely one of those, I guess, culty classics that come up. Um, And I feel like it was like, I don't know, definitely something that I remember when I was in high school, people were watching, even though it came out 10 years before I was in high school. So I saw this movie back then. I own this DVD in my DVD collection that has now been given away to our close friend, Brenna. Mm-hmm. And, well, actually, I think Brenna's brother has it. But there you go. So I am familiar with this movie. And I think it's been um, a bit of years since I've seen it. But it is memorable enough that nothing really surprised me on my uh, my watch this time around. But I think it's one of those movies that, I don't know, it just celebrates, like, teens being teens. These, okay, except for the fact that these aren't your normal, average, everyday teens. These people have fully lost their minds. No, okay, so this is this movie takes place at Empire Records, which is like a Tower Records, and it so does remind me of the shenanigans me and my friends got into back in the infamous Stop and Shop days. You like, got up to some of these shit, not like You're- this, but there was times where we. Like, there was a period of time where it was 100% fuckery. Like, we would go and get, like, little Nerf guns and have, like, Nerf gun fights on the registers. Oh, my God. There was, like, flirting. There was, like, throwing receipts at each other. Like, it was, like, a bunch of fuckery. And it was honestly, like, I always cited that as the best um, stop and shop days. But then the like stop and shop scandal of 2006 happened, and then more than half of the employees uh, got <gasps> fired. Oh there my was, gosh! What yeah, was the there scandal? Was a purging. Um, like uh, there was a ring of people uh, charging other people like cents instead of the actual amounts, <gasps> and uh, loss oh prevention my. came. It was like a whole big thing. A scandalo. Um, it was it made the local paper incredible um, we yeah, love to hear it yeah. and but there, okay, was, yeah, a, there too- was a purge so oh i mean were you a part of the purge no no oh, no, no, no. Oh, i wasn't gosh. part of the purge hmm. uh so it definitely reminds me of those days where like it was just free and like you really did do whatever you want and there was a lot of it's kind of interesting like joe's an interesting character because you know he's complacent in a lot of this bullshit he is the like sole adult in the room basically yeah and he's also like too close to all them well that's the thing okay so this is this is what i will say about like all the fuckery that like happens is there is something to being a teenager who works in either retail or food service or like something like that you know because Mm -hmm. most of the time all of your other coworkers are around your same age. Yeah. And to your point, that is when the chaos happens because you become best friends with your coworkers because you see them the most out of anybody. And you have to put up with dumbass customers. You have to put up with a lot of shit. And so you kind of just build this like camaraderie. And I will say, like, this film embodies that camaraderie in that in this small group where it's very love-hate, right? One second you're making a you're a dumbass pin for someone and the next second 
they're like holding back your hair as you like throw up or something, you know, like this is the kind of relationships you build with your coworkers a lot of the time, especially when you're a teenager and it's like one of your first jobs. So you're a little chaotic gremlin. Um, Vans like very incestuous relationships. Um, Yeah. But yeah, to your point about Joe, it's like I had managers like that. We all did where like they were one of the kids and like specifically with Joe, I felt like they did a good job at like showing that he probably was just like Lucas at that age. He was a fuck up. Obviously someone like took him in and helped him out. So he saw himself in Lucas and that's why he took Lucas on. And that's why we find out like he didn't, you know, fire the guy for stealing nine grand, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, Joe is certainly that guy. He is that manager who's like too, he hangs out with the teenagers, like a little bit too much. Yeah. I remember there was this one manager, um, at stop and shop. Her name was Colleen Bologna, Bologna, Bologna. Bologna? but it was spelled baloney but it was like pronounced like bologna you know yeah, here she just told people that because she didn't want to be called baloney <laughs> i don't know but she was like okay number one she was like gorgeous but yeah. gorgeous in the sense of like she still dressed up like it was the 80s like she had like permed blonde hair and she wore like eyeshadow and she was like how old was she when when you worked with her she had to be like 30 something 40 something but she like would flirt with all the teenage boys this is so funny and she was the biggest gossip ever (gasps) all the older women are that's the thing and she was the front end manager but we like yeah yeah. and she was too close to everybody wasn't she way too close to everybody yeah but and nowadays now that we're like full adults we're like that was a little creepy that was a little much (laughs) because i wouldn't do that with like teenagers now i'm in my 30s i wouldn't act that way but we all had we all were dealing with that sort of thing when you worked retail or food service like you you got really close to these there was this manager can i just i'm gonna spill the tea right now because we're yeah this is like incestuous co-worker kind of gossip sh- a movie um there was a manager when i worked one of my first jobs and he was like not cute okay he was not cute like mm-hmm. he was like a I don't know. He had like very bad skin in terms of like he has not to make fun of bad skin, but like it was like he had like redness a lot and he was like balding. And again, let me just not cute. But all the girls were like obsessed with him. Mm. And looking back, I'm like, it is so yucky because like he was so much older and like how much he was like hanging out with like younger girls is like so creepy now I mean, you know i'll do that i wonder i really do wonder where colleen is now like because she did get like moved to a different stop and shop because she's doing she, the same she, old thing somewhere else you think you know? so yes i think that eventually those are like those are the people that like move from like retail store to retail store mm-hmm. and are always that manager that's too close to their employees. Man, I would love to know where Colleen is now. And like she like you would tell her your life. Like and she always knew when people were like dating. It was just she was just like the yeah. person that you shared with. And like I said, she would like flirt with all of the teen boys, but whatever. It was a time, it was a place. So like I get it. Like I was I mean, I was basically like these Empire Record kids, and now yeah. I'm of the age of a Joe. 
And yeah. like yeah. the whole time, I'm just like, God, like none of these kids are working at all. I just want Joe to clear house, to be honest. Like none of these people need to be working for him. Like they need let's... the the company purge. That's yeah, we got to start. Yeah, seriously. Oh, but over half need to be fired. Um, Let's start with Lucas, who is the first big fuck up where he realizes that like Joe might like they might end up turning into some like chain and he doesn't like it. So he takes the nine K because he wants to like tr- double, triple quadruple it to be able to give the money to Joe to not have to deal with the chain, but he's an idiot. And he's like, Hey, I was trusted to close at the store. I'm going to take this nine K and bring it to a casino. Yeah. So they live, I believe, in New Jersey because he drives to Atlantic City and he goes to, I think, the craps table and he rolls a seven. Right. Which um, in this iteration of craps is a good thing because he doubles his money from 9,000 to 18,000. Yeah. This is where I would run. Like, you I gotta, you mm-hmm. gotta cut yeah. and run now. That's what I would do. And he, he gets into this very like, I am like either a prophet or he's yeah, very he's karate kid. Yeah, he's kind of karate kidding it. And he definitely has this like, I am one with the dice. The dice will come to me type of thing. This is how they get you. Yes. This so is how he, gambling addicts are born. It's true. So he, instead of running when he doubles his money to 18,000, he really, really wants to, um, triple his money right quadruple his money and he goes all in again in order to get thirty six thousand. but he gets snake eyes and then he um loses it all so now everything now he has lost nine thousand dollars of the company's money and what is he to do so i mean literally nothing there's nothing for him to well, do he, he decides he like he tells aj and mark about this so his friends aj and mark so yeah. mark mark um, is a lunatic <laughs> i'm not trying to diagnose anybody here okay uh-huh. full disclaimer not a doctor not a psychologist not a therapist kid needs to be on ritalin like this kid <laughs> he's so endearing i'm surprised that you didn't find him adorable like i remember I being a teenager that, yeah. and just thinking that he was like absolutely adorable i think he has the cutest face i won't lie yeah but i think what stops me from adoring him is just the audacity of all of these kids like it i found myself being the adult in the room and being like please go away you're all just monsters okay so mark is he actually is the only one out of all these children that works throughout this day the only time does work he works hard and oftentimes he's working when anybody everybody else is not working but also he ate a weed brownie on the clock that is true it was towards the end of and his he ate shift it. he chewed with his mouth open, which <laughs> is a terrible offense he did that he also hallucinated um yeah. at work well because it was a really mm-hmm. uh, very very yeah. fun brownie but he has aspirations of starting his own band called mark but with a c to make it spicy so and- cool <laughs> very cool <laughs> 
And then there's AJ, who is, I would guess, like the artist. He's definitely seems to be the most responsible one at first glance. Yeah, and he's like the romantic, the romantic one, right? Yes. Like he's the the what he's is it Pisces. called? Like the softy. Yeah, like yeah, he he Pisces. loves love. Yeah. He just he's in love with Liv Tyler. Yes, uh, whose character name is Corey, and Corey is the smart pretty girl next door yeah who has not lost her virginity yet and has decided that on this rex manning day <laughs> she is going to give herself to rex manning who is yes. a washed up um 80s husband 80s 70s has been pop and this star man you want to fuck this orange man stop it Liv Tyler stop it well I guess like if she gets the opportunity she will she's been a fan of his for a really long time so she we have Corey is like is really wanting to sleep with Rex Manning Right. AJ is in love with Corey. Corey and he keeps drawing her every day, all day. He doesn't work. Creepy. He draws. He draws. Yeah. He draws. He draws. Yeah, but he seems responsible. Um, he he also I, I will say he alongside uh, Mark they do a they do work sometimes sometimes when he's not gluing quarters to the ground. Oh yeah, that was, art. Yeah, that was a little. There, yeah, stop with your bullshit. All right, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> So, along with Corey, we have her bestie, Gina, played by Renee Zellweger. Yes, and she is the one we all slut shame. She is the one who just likes to fuck guys and do whatever she wants and cool girl. Yeah. She's, like, kind of like the Joey Potter where she's, like... I am just going to stay in the small town. I have no future. But I'm she's just going to be with my mom. Joey is. Potter. She's the. Oh, no. she, she can <gasps> be sexual. Sarah. What's that? I. Okay. You're going to be in so in awe of my genius. Okay. I'm okay. ready. Renee Zellweger's character. Yes. Tell me her name again. Gina. 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 She is literally take Joey Potter. Take Jen. smash them together she has jen's sluttiness and i say this with love because people slut shame the shit out of jen and i think she should be able to go forth and fuck if she wants to (laughs) yes of course and the joey potter like i'm just the girl down the creek and i won't ever leave yeah do you hear uh ruby snorting down there (laughs) no is that why you were laughing i thought you were so tickled by my analogy no 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 so like my dog ruby is like under my desk she loves when i'm a hard worker she would literally die at the fact that i think she's a taurus she just wants to work so she's under my desk but she keeps like wanting me to pet her and then she goes like (laughs) (laughs) ruby queen like you gotta let us she says stop talking about gina please just talk about me no she really just wants me to go back to work um she's just like joe so yeah i guess you're right she is like a bit of a jen and a joey because she is like i don't know she's like she she feels like she doesn't have a future and she doesn't want to be like her mom and blah 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 but she's friends with Corey, and it's kind of hard to be friends with somebody who's like the, the smartest girl. girl in the room the it girl in the yeah. room the everybody loves her door. she's so pretty so yeah. there's they're good friends but there's definitely some like underlining jealousy there's some frenemy territory yeah. there 
Um, we also have a Deb slash Deborah played by Robin T- uh, Tunney. Yeah, who- last time I saw her, she was blonde and like popular little girl in school. Uh, well, we also watched a witch. Her, yeah, we watched her in the craft. And uh, one of the things that we talked about was how bad her hair was. And it was because she shaved her oh, hair for this movie. Right. Yeah, this was wild. When she just walks in and just goes to town on her hair with scissors, I was like, girl has lost it. She's had a Menti B. What is going on? And it turns out she's going through some stuff. Yeah, she's going through some stuff. Notably, one of the things that she's going to going through is some sort of like relationship issues with this guy, Burko, who also works here played by coyote shivers and apparently i that could be his last his this guy clocked in like really late right because when he when he showed up i was like who the fuck is this guy yeah no he's another he is another guy he's also like an actual singer so i think that they just had this guy so he he was the singer at the end real music yeah yeah can i also ask because i just need a little confirmation on who fuck works here the guy who brought in food and had like long hair and and loved he loved hanging out with a mark yes he worked there eddie or did he just hang out (laughs) so i thought that he did work there but then i'm on his um imdb or no, his Wikipedia, and it says he's best remembered for the stoned pizza guy, Eddie, which makes it sound like he's actually just a pizza guy and not a, an employee there, but he also was given the notice. So I would say that he... That's what, that's what I'm saying, and he is not only handed the notice, but Joe says, like, go pass these out or whatever. So, like, I think that... I don't know. It might be one of those things. It's like, well, if you're going to be here, then at least do some work. <laughs> do work as no one else does. <laughs> because it seems like anybody and everybody can work here. Because even Warren, who winds up, is a shoplifter, gets cannot, the job. This, this boy, um, he's not a man. He looks like he's like 13. Shoplifts yeah. from this place. Everyone full on loses their minds. Like I feel like most <laughs> shoplifters, it's like, oh, it's not worth running well, after them. Not it's not worth to. the liability issue. Yeah, exactly. Like let him go. No, they hunt this child down and like they hold him hostage. This is a hostage situation. In fact, Sarah, I'm pretty sure it's kidnapping. <laughs> He's a child. It probably is kidnapping because yeah. they don't call the cops right away, or maybe they do. And this area, the cops are busy. I think they're, they're so like, busy. You're literally holding a child. Like, oh, I guess yeah. maybe we should come because it's kidnapping. But yeah, he, he lies and says his name is like Warren Beatty, which is like an actor or a famous person or something, right? I mean, yeah, we never get to know Warren's real name. Um, no, but like this kid, and this is where I was like, Joe, have you you? I knew you lost your mind earlier, but now you full on lost your mind. Like this kid first attempts to shoplift. And then he they they find him, they hunt him down, they hold him hostage, they kidnap him. He like spouts off of the mouth a million times. He gets to witness everything happening. He gets to re- meet Rex Manning. Finally, the cops show up, and then he comes back with a gun mm-hmm. that apparently only had blanks in it, but he's just like losing his mind. And they're like, listen, we'll give you a job. Don't worry. We're all fuck ups. 
I think that they were just trying to placate him. I don't know. How did this kid get out of jail so quickly and return to the party? It's because he's a minor. You can't hold a minor in jail. Um, It was so upsetting. I was like, please get this child away. (laughs) Well, he just wants a job at the record store. So this is a big day. This is, and apparently this is, I think, April 4th. Uh, That is uh, in the canon of empire records april 4th is rex manning day and um rex manning day means that the washed up artist rex manning is coming to the store to sign records and cds and cassette tapes and it's all for like older women or like he really like did it for like uh, young gay guys so like you know that was his demo so um as we said before the only person that seems excited about this is Corey, played by Liv tyler because she wants mm-hmm. to fuck him but everybody else Manning day yeah everybody else is very like punk rock and like hates this guy i by the way i would have loved like i never worked at like any sort of record store music store anything where like you could you could choose the music but i would i loved this method they had of who gets to pick the oh, songs for the day yeah where, like you each take a color of eminem and then you pull a random one out of a contain out of a you know packet yeah uh i really liked it too and i liked how everybody got a veto that was great and i love it felt very um what is it called breakfast club when they were like dancing to the music yeah yeah it was a it was fun in terms of like there was a lot of really good music in this movie a la uh jam in january you're welcome jam in january we made made it i mean Uh, they were jamming like this entire film oh yeah i've mark had to have had whiplash from the amount of headbanging he was Mark doing. Mark was having the best time of his life. Like, he, Mark's the type of guy that's going to look back. Right now, Mark is in his, like, 50s. Life was never as good as it was in the Empire Reverence I, Day for I Mark. I wish... Like, you know how they say ignorance is bliss? Like, Mm -hmm. truly Mark looks happier on that one day than, like, I think I've ever been ever. (laughs) And I truly wish I could have, like, just mark's brain for like a hot second so i could be like this is this is this is the peak yeah mark has one little monkey churning like the butter churn in his head (laughs) with the symbols like yeah yeah, or that guy yeah that's that's what's making mark go and he is happy like he is the happiest little clam he laughs at everything he's always having a great time um, and then we have like Gina and Corey are on the registers together. They obviously like it, it sets it up very easily and quickly that like, okay, it's that two as a duo and they don't really vibe with Deb, who's pretty much as like dark and morose as one could be. Yeah, Deb's kind of a, a, a bitch. Like she is in in terms of like, so I guess she has like an attitude and we get Gina, who's like, I don't really give a shit, but it really does bother Corey because it's like, I think Corey's used to everybody loving her, and to have one person not love her probably yes. kills her. Hey, Sarah, I know you've been really into reading lately, and you've gotten me into it as well. Yeah, well, you know what? Book of the Month made it really easy because Book of the Month offers just a few new selections every month, saving readers the hassle of figuring out what to read. One of the biggest deterrents for me is that 
like when I go to the library, there's like thousands and thousands of books. And I'm like, I I I get I don't even know what to pick. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. They focus on new and emerging authors, which means these are books that we probably wouldn't have found out about otherwise, which is super nice. Yeah, and we also um I love having a really aesthetic bookshelf and the the books that we got, it was like beautiful high quality hardcover books plus free shipping which came really quickly. Love free shipping. Uh, you and I both chose The Return of Ellie Black by Amiko Jean, which is a thriller about a missing girl. And I honestly, I really, I really couldn't put it down. I think I read it in about a 48-hour time period. It had twists, it had turns, kept me guessing the entire way through up until the very last page. So tell me what you liked about the book then. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really good, and I'm excited to dive into the other book that I have. Um, but the great thing is, Sarah, is that listeners can sign up for Book of the Month to discover new emerging authors by going to bookofthemonth.com and using code PEDALS for just $5. Wow, what a deal. Check out Book of the Month Club for all of your reading needs. Yeah, seriously. Every month you could get a new group of books that you just, you know, fall in love with. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS for just $5 and enjoy reading. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I, I, you know what? Okay. I have to give this movie its credit because yes, absolutely. That is what's happening where she's just like, I don't get why Deb doesn't like me. And it's like, girl, not everyone has to like you. Yeah. Not everyone likes every flavor of ice cream. Like mm. calm down about it, Liv Tyler. And <laughs> Deb, that's okay. The one thing I will, not the one thing, but like, I feel like I could have, I felt that there was more they would have given us on certain characters if they had more time because like you said it originally was like a two-day movie and this is a short movie it's only an hour and a half like I don't I don't know who I am for saying this but I feel like we could have added 10 more minutes and dimensionalized a few of these characters a bit more and mm -hmm. I would put Deb as one of those characters because I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about what she was going through given how much she seemed to be going through right so like we see Deb and she comes in and the first thing that she does is make a beeline for the bathroom and she had like a bob and she decides to cut off and shave off her entire hair Mm -hmm. As well as she has a noticeable self-harm injury on her wrist. Yes. And, it and is I really appreciated, too, how uh, strongly AJ reacted to that. To be yeah. like, you can't. No, we need to talk about this. Like, you, I need to talk to you right now. Like, you can't leave. Like, we need to talk. Like, this isn't okay. Are you okay? Like, I, I really appreciated. Like, it showed how much he cared about Deb. I think that AJ cares about everybody. And I think it's like what mm -hmm. you were saying before. It's just this camaraderie that you get when you're. He's the heart ten, and soul, in my yeah. opinion. Beyond well, like 10 people, Lucas. 10 people that you just like care about. You're thrown together. They're your coworkers. You spend more time with them more so than anybody else in the world. Yeah. 
Um, they probably go to the same high school together. So yeah, like he cares when he sees and like he has this big reaction. And Lucas, like, it's interesting because he's like, oh, like let her go. And I, I did not like that. that. Well, I yeah, at first it's frustrating, but then he says, like, well, she's at the store. And I guess like the store to them represents safety. Like so home. like so she's not gonna yeah. do anything here. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that that's what that meant, but it seemed like AJ took it like very seriously as it should yeah and we see um deb also have an interaction with burko about like her being like very depressed and that like even though something between them happened which we don't really know what happened we can only that's assume... what i wish we yeah. knew more about yeah. you know we can only assume that it was some sort of breakup she said like you weren't the one that caused it. I was sad the week before that. I was sad the month before that. I was sad the years before that. Like yeah. my life is just sad. Um, and yeah, we don't really know what she's going through. I think that that is exactly some of the stuff that they cut in this movie, which is a shame yeah. because yeah, because it's like I felt like there were certain moments where I saw glimmers of like what her full character could have been like the moment that she has with Corey in the bathroom where she's like right. talking to her and like helping her like rinse her face off and everything and even the like funeral they have for her I felt like showed that as weird of a thing of that that was to do that that is something Deb liked you know what mm -hmm. I mean like they were showing her how much they love and appreciate her through something that she enjoyed more so than was really uh, something for them right exactly the funeral is really interesting because it's like you say that like nobody cares about you or that um we don't want you here but like this is like what people would be saying if you weren't here that we love you that we miss you yeah. of course the funeral kind of became like anything but about her well, like yeah, it always becomes about Corey. Corey, Corey, Corey. Well, it was about Corey, but then Lucas was also talking about his past. And, and Gina how... comes in. Yeah, it was. It really, I love that uh, Deb was like, I hate this funeral. <laughs> like, this is the worst <laughs> funeral. Yeah, I also really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and so... So yeah, so that we like we don't get as much about Deb as I would have liked to. Um, but then we kind of like... This is okay. I think what this movie is, Sarah, and sometimes I have to understand once I have to I have to watch the whole thing to like understand what the purpose of the movie was, you know. This is like such a vibes movie. Yes. It's like a it's a coming of age vibes movie, which is tricky because usually coming of age has like some sort of like moral of the story sort of thing, but this is much more of a just like no, like teens fucked around for a day. Like that's what this is. Yeah, if you, I mean, I suppose there's flavorings of plot, but it's definitely just like we are going through the day uh, that everything happened, uh, and it's not really, I don't know, it's not like like a huge plot-heavy story. Um, we, of course, like with the Corey stuff, we see her um, th like throw herself at Rex Manning. He well, effort. He doesn't reject her. He kind of like just whips out his dick and is like, "Okay, you can blow it now." And then I think that she gets yeah. cold feet because it's not like romantic. It's not what she really wants. She thought it would be different than it ended mm -hmm. up being, and it almost felt like that person she was being in front of him was she was like channeling Gina. She was not being Corey, mm -hmm. and so I think that like 
when he, in a sense, like called her bluff, not that he didn't think she wouldn't do it, but you know what I mean? Like, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually not this person. And I certainly cannot do this. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> at the same time, uh, AJ decides to profess her love to her. And then she massively friend zones him. How do you feel about so this? It was so brutal. Here's the thing. And I, you know me. You know exactly who I am, Sarah. Like, I'm not a schmoopy person. So you'd think AJ would not be the character for me. However, I found him to be so endearing. Like, I thought no. he was so adorable. I thought he had, like, such a good angle with, like, the art if he could have, like, figured out a way to like show her some of his like maybe just one picture i think more than one would have been <laughs> overwhelming um yeah just like one photo of her to like kind of convey what she means to him but i think he should have listened when she said like not right now i think he was too much in his own head to realize the show social cues of like she looks upset she looks like she's been crying like yeah. maybe this isn't the moment i think he was too hyped on his own adrenaline to be like it's now or never um, and I felt so bad for him when she friend zoned him. And honestly, at the end, when she was like, No, I actually love you, I was like, Do you live, Tyler? Do you though? Because I don't know that you do in the same way he loves you. You don't deserve AJ. I mean, kind of no. Like, I think that I think that for her, he's like, he's just there, he's an option. And I think for him, she's everything. He's moving to Boston for the girl. Like, yeah, just well, he gone to know. art school. Oh, no, I guess true. It's true. They just so happen to both be going to Boston. It's not solely so that um, he can be with her. But yeah, so we we get a but like the friend zone, and then they come back, and we like I think that this is another thing that this movie is lacking of like. What happened inside of Liv's head to be like, actually, AJ is the guy? I That's what I don't understand. Like, because all we saw that happen was like, she, her substance abuse issue with like, uh, speed, it was revealed, right? Correct. Um, And then she kind of like has this moment with Deb, splashes water on her face, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then they have this like you know, harrowing moment with the gun and then they have this big party. So I don't really understand how we got from A to B, like what pinged in her head about AJ? Like, was it the fact that everyone's partying and he's fixing lights? Like, is there something in that? I don't no, know. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe she just needed a moment. I don't, I don't think we, we actually get to know what it was maybe it was realizing that like life is short between the funeral stuff and the the gun stuff maybe it's like realizing that you know what she wanted was like somebody to like see her and like aj was always that person i'm not quite sure Uh, i think Mm -hmm. that the the addiction storyline is also really interesting because like we said it was like the very first thing that we hear from Corey is like she was up like all night baking cupcakes for rex manning day and gina's like how do you have time in the day for this and she's like well there's 24 usable hours in a day and it's because she's on these uppers that make her go 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 it's also how she's such a good student she got into harvard mm-hmm. um and it also is something that like she really is working to be perfect like she wants to be perceived as perfect and this thing that like got out is just um 
you know, it definitely like affects her reputation and she, it gets, it gets revealed because, um, after, after she, um, she does not have sex with, um, Rex Rex Manning. She has this fight with Gina where she basically is like, I can't be like you, Gina. I can't be a whore like you, Gina. A whore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, okay, maybe it's clicking in my head. Maybe it was because, so Gina ends up sleeping with him and then everybody finds out because it's like, oh, where's Gina? Oh, where's Rex? And then they hear them fucking in like the copy room. And, uh, and so that's when, um, Liv Tyler comes in and Corey and she's just like what's why is the door locked and then she realizes what's going on and she's like embarrassed and like upset and Gina comes out and they get into a big fight and AJ like full-on tackles Rex Manning oh and I also wonder because back in the day in the 90s it was like oh swoon my man is so strong and beats up other guys and shows his masculinity (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean I think the AG AJ is like um to Rex like you are not the upstanding gentleman that like you're supposed to be and like you took advantage of someone who's young and vulnerable um even though it seems as though uh our gina was the the one that initiated things out of like revenge from Corey, it was messy i mean do you feel like uh gina did Corey bad in this moment it feels icky to do certainly i think like I feel like it felt like a bit of a, a a jab at Corey, like a oh you're so perfect, but I'm gonna fuck Rex. Like it it mm-hmm. did feel that way because I don't think she had any interest in him. You yeah. know, like it didn't seem like it at least. No, she did it because she could. Yeah, exactly to show that she could. Um. So yeah, I mean that was that was rough. Uh, I didn't oh, honestly. Yeah. I I thought. When Gina first brings him into the the closet to to see what color underwear he had, because that's her talent is knowing what uh what brand and color people's underwear are, um, I thought she was gonna get him down into like his underwear and then be like, yeah, sucks to suck, and like take a photo of him or something. Like I thought she was doing it for Corey, like to be like solidarity sister. Um, and so when that didn't happen, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I thought, no. Yeah, I wonder what the lesson there was. I think it was just that she finds her value in her um, her sexual side. And that, I, I mean, I think that she did a little bit out of spite as well. But uh, I, I think that, I hope that Gina finds her way and that realizes that she's worthy of anything that she wants to be well i mean it does seem like by the end of the movie right she's like she says oh i've always dreamed of like singing but i can't bring myself to do it in front of people and she like gets on the mic in front of a huge crowd which feels like a huge step in the right direction everyone's like cheering her on it did feel like she kind of found herself by the end of the movie and i feel like her and her and Corey made up right so yeah they're fine they're fine it's all good yeah uh it's fine i think that 
I mean, it does like the fight was brutal because Gina also outed her addiction. That was terrible, it was, like, and it was throwing the pills everywhere, throwing the pills, and then and having, then Corey like, was like on the ground on her hands, she's so and obviously like addicted. Them. Yeah, looking like oh, looking like not like she wants to look, crawling around on the ground. That was so 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 brutal, right? Yeah. Um, she's like, how that's how you stay up late, being perfect is you know. Um. So anyway. Uh, that was like really, really tough. I do think so. The the whole point of the whole story and everything is that like they need to be able to get this money because they are gonna otherwise be bought up by this like corporate chain, and none of them want that. And right. so they pool their funds together, and they have three grand total. And Mark is like inspired. And it goes to the camera guy outside who's taking away uh, Warren Beatty and is like, hey, huge party tonight. Uh, what did, What was the line I really liked? It was like, screw the man. No, save the empire or something like that. And yeah. they have this huge benefit party and this huge concert and like everybody comes out and they end up like raising a ton of money. And Joe has to deal with like the big bad of this movie, who's Mitchell, who like who owns he owns it. Uh, he, it's a a family business. Apparently, it used to be like a Bed Bath and Beyond, but that sold toilets. But then his like yeah. father and grandfather made it into a record store. And he's like, if I still sold toilets, then I would be a millionaire. Uh, he hates the record store, but it just makes him money, and he. Throughout the movie, he like comes around and he's like demanding Joe to give the deposit over, and Joe's like kind of giving him the runaround. He puts like paper in the money bag for him to go to yeah. the bank. Yeah, because he's trying to figure great. out what he's going to do in the meantime. Because like it's very obvious when he doesn't immediately fire and, and Lucas and have him arrested that like okay, that's not the route he's going to take. So what is he going to do to get this money raised? And I love that Mitchell ends up being like so infuriated with the store and everyone that works there that he's like, you know what? I'll sell it cheap. Get out of my face. <laughs> like sincerely, because there's a moment where he was the only one working and he's like never used a cash register in his life. Yeah. Oh, that was funny too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they end up like through all their nonsense and shenanigans, like end up saving the place and Joe's working there and he's going to like keep everybody on staff. I mean, luckily for him, it seems like some of them will be leaving of their own accord to go to Boston. So thankfully, <laughs> yeah. he, but he seriously should, pur should purge it. Like he needs to get rid of pretty much every single employee. Well, Maybe Mark can stay. <laughs> Mark can stay. It seems yeah. like of lucas is really the sour apple but he refuses to um lucas fire is lucas. the worst and here's the thing here's the thing i understand we're supposed to see lucas as like a younger version of joe and like blah 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 this man have the audacity to steal nine grand and then just show up the next day at work like nothing happened and then when he's told to sit his ass on the couch and not move he puts his shoes on my furniture. I can't. <laughs> there are only so many things I can take, Sarah. Well, he eventually gets up and he's like carrying around the couch that cushion. That was funny. I did like he's that. He's like, oh, like I'm still like with the couch. Yeah, I'm not leaving. I have the couch with me. Yeah, he's a really interesting character because like I said before, he, he fancies himself of being like kind of like some sort of Yoda. And he says something like, you know, um, like 
you know, my life is like, it's further than luck. Like it's like predetermined something along mm-hmm. those lines. And like, in a way I saw this theory online that like everything was meant to be as it was supposed to be. Cause if he didn't lose the money, then, um, AJ and, um, AJ and Corey wouldn't have gone together. Gina wouldn't have gone up and sang like, uh, Deborah wouldn't have like discovered that people care about her so like mm-hmm. in a way like it all did work out and of course Joe went to bought out the store uh so like in a way it all worked out and he like kind of is like some sort of like profit that made it all happen but like maybe that's giving Lucas a little bit too much credit I think it's giving him too much credit personally but I, I did enjoy the movie like it was wild i was not expecting pretty much anything that happened i was always on like you know flying by the seat of my pants um i did think it was really fun and the music like you said was really good in it i think i mean there are obviously a ton of good songs in this movie but i feel like my favorite was like the very first one i heard which is till i hear it from you uh by the gym blossoms Mm. um just so good uh i don't know i don't do you have a favorite song from the movie well, I always like Sugar High. I think I downloaded Sugar High off of like LimeWire back yeah, in the day. I could see myself doing that if I had if I had watched it back. Right. Day, because yeah. like I think it's a real song by Coyote Shivers, but they had Renee Zellweger sing on it. Yeah, that was fun. So I think like I had downloaded the one with uh Renee Zellweger and yeah. I had it on my little iPod pod touch or whatever it was yeah so i always really like that but like i'm a big fan of all all the songs like i personally there is something about video kill the radio star yeah that just like really gets me going yeah the songs were all really good and like there were a lot of ones that i wasn't as familiar with that i kind of enjoyed that it wasn't just like songs that I knew every single song. You know what I mean? Like I kind of liked yeah. that because it all it fit what you think the characters would be into. Um, right. Because each of them, everybody has their own individual mu- music tastes. And it's yeah. interesting to hear what they would put on on the radio. And of course, we have like Mark with his like head headbanger music. And mm-hmm. Gina seems more poppy. And it's just like it's very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I I really liked it. I thought it was a fun movie. I definitely understood how it could be like a cult classic because mm-hmm. it just felt like there were a lot of moments that would be very quotable. You know, like the um, the one where okay, so uh, what's the fake name? The fake uh, Warren, Warren Beatty. Beatty. He's like with his fake gun or gun with blanks in the store, and like three different characters like heads pop out from behind one another and they're like wait it's warren wait it's warren wait it's warren (laughs) i'll say like the same thing like i could see like certain be like quoting this movie a lot as like a teenager if i had seen it yeah it was i remember um i in particular really liked renee zellweger's line shock me shock me shocking shock me with that deviant behavior like i always (laughs) enjoyed uh that and of course, like the fact that they made like a whole say no more, me a more, oh, the music video music was video? everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only supposed to be like a little 
a little shot, but they like made the whole ass music video that's like almost five minutes in length, which I kind of find hilarious. It's so it's like yeah, I love when because it's when so cheesy. That. Yeah, it's so extra, so extra. Oh, it was the line, "Stop calling me Warren. My name isn't fucking Warren." And they go, "His name isn't Warren. His name isn't Warren. His name isn't Warren." <laughs> what's his name? And we don't no, know. We don't know. We don't know because he comes back and he has the freaking like card tag name tag thing that's yeah. Warren on it yeah you know yeah you can't get mad at people for calling you warren if you never gave them your real name it's true it's definitely true yeah this was uh, also yeah. supposed to be a musical but that's interesting it got I put think... on hold due to covid oh oh oh, oh. yeah this could totally work as a musical why does covid have to ruin everything it really does um but i really enjoyed this movie i thought it was a ton of fun uh i would watch it again there we go winner winner what a winner dinner it's always nice when you actually would rewatch something yeah because i you know me it's i'm not above rewatching things i like to rewatch things mm -hmm. have you ever been to a tower of records no no never I used to go, I bought my first CD with my own money at Tower Records. It was the Nirvana uh, CD with a naked baby on it because I like just wanted to be that cool girl. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to have t Smells Like Teen Spirit um, on CD. <laughs> but yeah, like I went there and then eventually they, they, you know, Tower Records went into bankruptcy and closed by 2006 and then they turned it into a Goodwill. Wow. The building. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Poor Tower Records. Yeah. Uh, no, I went to an FYE if I ever went to any of those stores. And honestly, I never bought anything because it was so expensive compared to like you know walmart target type places i was just throwing my dollar bills down there you go i said take my money <laughs> uh anything else any major thoughts that we didn't already talk about on empire records i don't think so i think that i'm excited to see more from Liv tyler later this month yes yeah because apparently two of these actors are also in that thing you do which is yeah. what we're covering next so is it it's mark it's Mark and um and Corey who are gonna yeah. make reappearances. Yeah, in our favorite nineteen ninety six uh comedy musical. That's so a, a year after. Oh, it's a musical. I didn't know that it was a musical. Oh, fabulous! Look, I could have been surprised though. That would have been crazy to just start mm. watching it and be like, "What the hell?" Also, much longer than this film. Holy God! Yes, I just saw. That Wait, how long is it? It's two hours and twenty nine minutes. Oh no, that is a heavy lift. I'll do my best. Mm, okay. Well, maybe I can watch the first half and you can watch the second, <laughs> and we can terrible. try to piece it together. <laughs> Anyway, yes, that's, uh, that's what idea. we're going to be covering next. Of course, in the meantime, if you somehow are just like only listening to our bonus content, uh, we are covering Felicity. We're in like the middle of season one on that. And we just started our journey with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So if you want to check out either of those podcasts, uh, Buffy comes out on Thursdays and Felicity comes out on Mondays. Um, and yeah, if you have any, if you ever have any suggestions for things you want us to cover, movies, anything like that, shit90spod at gmail.com or shit90spod.com, you can send us in suggestions. Um, also, shit90spod on Twitter and Instagram. 
And uh, yeah, let us know what you want to hear from us. If you have good, like alliterative themed months, we love an alliteration. <laughs> uh, as, hence, jam in January. <laughs> yeah. Sarah's grimacing. Um, yeah. But it's true. Uh, I don't know. I think that's everything. Sarah, do you have anything else to add? No. Okay. Well, we'll let you all go. Go on now. Get out of here. And we'll talk to you all next time. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Shit 90 Shows taught me. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.